Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a couple moments, Congressman Kelly Armstrong is going to join us. He was in the hearing today with Attorney General <laughs> Honey Badger Bill Barr. It was an incredible hearing. We're going to talk about that. Also tomorrow, Congressman Armstrong is going to have a hearing with the CEOs of Apple, Facebook, Google, Amazon. Be talking about antitrust. Hopefully this social media bias, we otherwise known as the cancel culture. Uh, and speaking of cancel culture, many of you sent me the video. We had a graphic of it, but we just don't have that right now. But of the doctors at the Supreme Court steps yesterday, touting the effects of hydroxychloroquine and other things to help provide relief for their COVID patients. Now, just to be clear, the FDA does not, does not support these doctors' claims about hydroxychloroquine, but just want to let you know what's going on there. The group called itself the America's Frontline Doctors. They were sharing anecdotal information that they've experienced from their practices with you know, their different patients and whatnot. So they put this out. And then Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, otherwise known as Google, did the cancel culture. They took the video down. And just so you know, another doctor that's part of this America's Frontline Doctors group is, you might know this name, Minnesota Senator Dr. Scott Jensen. As I'm sure if you watch Point of View regularly, he was on with us a while back on April 7th talking about COVID, the way deaths were being certified, if you will, in Minnesota. Well, I did a Facebook Live earlier today with Dr. Jensen. Please go check it out. You can hear his point of view on the effects of hydroxychloroquine and other things right now that are happening with COVID, but also some great news for Dr. Jensen. You may remember recently he was being investigated by the Minnesota Medical Board, uh, and then yesterday he got an email that told him this. Essentially, they sent me an email saying that the board had completed its investigation and they went on to say that both allegations were being dismissed and there would be no further action necessary. And then I'd be getting a formal letter to the same effect within the next couple of days. That is great news uh, in our conversation. Again, you can see it on our Facebook page, but Dr. Jensen wants to say thank you to all of you that showed him uh, your support, gave him your prayers to help him get through this Really challenging time, especially in, in the, as we look at this cancel culture. Now, the good news is his story there. He beat the cancel culture. Hopefully, that will continue to be wins for all of us. Now, we all know, we talked about this briefly last night, what's going on in Portland for the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks. <laughs> Many people see this video here. Watch as this video continues to play, and you'll see what's going on. Many people in the mainstream media are going to try to talk about how these are peaceful protests happening in Portland. So with that being said, the mayor of Portland now wants to work out, quote unquote, a ceasefire with the feds in Portland. Ceasefire with the feds in Portland. So today, Congressman Kelly Armstrong had a chance to ask some questions of Attorney General Bill Barr. Here's just some of what Congressman Armstrong said earlier today. Why would we have to negotiate a ceasefire with a peaceful protest? You're correct, but why would, you know, that's, that's right, you know. That was fantastic. Joining us now live from D.C. on the 702 Communications Line, Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Congressman Armstrong, great to have you with us. I got I to gotta ask you this, because I watched you at the end there, man. Did, did you want to at one point just do a mic drop, just like, 
Yeah, so, you know, you prepare for this, and I've got great staff, but eventually, at some point in time, you just want to ask, I think, what is the most obvious question, right? This is six, tonight will be night 62, and you know what will happen tonight? They'll start fires, they'll try and tear down the fence, they'll do all of these different things. Eventually, I mean, and eventually, when you know what is going to happen every single night, it's there's no such thing as a partly peaceful protest. You either have a peaceful protest or you have a riot. And essentially, what is going on in Oregon every single night is they are laying siege to the federal courthouse and that's what's happening and i mean how we talk about it and what is actually happening are two very different things and we should get better at that well i mean bill barr doesn't get stumped very often but even he was kind of like yeah that's a really good question Congressman Armstrong. uh so many people in our audience obviously didn't get a chance to watch all of this testimony today so for the people watching here in minnesota north dakota montana what would you say to them is the most important takeaway from today's hearing what do I think is the most important th takeaway is that he announced that they were doing a separate investigation on the people who were unmasking General Flynn during the course of that whole pop. I mean, that got lost in all the noise of everything else that is going on. But also, I think it's really, really important for people to recognize that. I mean, there there are two different versions of this right now. Listen, nobody likes a peaceful protest more than I do. Nobody likes a good protest more than I do. As a lifelong holder of minority opinions, I appreciate that. But you don't get to say that when you know what is happening at the end, these aren't protests. This is vandalism. This is property destruction. This is a federal courthouse in, in Portland, Oregon, that is under siege every night. And then you know what they do every day, Chris? They wake up and do their job. I mean, we should start having that conversation about loyal public servants who are doing this. And this just isn't the U.S. Marshals, who I feel very, very, um, very much sympathy for. But it's court staff, it's judges, it's prosecutors, it's public defenders. They're doing this. And every single night they're throwing fireworks. They're throwing essentially in, um, IEDs into there. They're trying to cut down the fence. This is not a protest. This is a riot and it's mob rule and we shouldn't stand for it in this country. I didn't know what you were going to say about the most important thing. So I want to get back to the General Flynn. There is another U.S. attorney investigation. Before we do that, I also want to get your take on this, though. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos where it looks like you've got these unmarked cars arresting these rioters, protesters, whatever you want to dub them. What some are saying is without probable cause. Are you okay with these unmarked vehicles just going and grabbing people and putting them in the back of, back of these vans? Well, so first of all, the, the federal the federal people that are in um, Portland are there to protect the courthouse. And I wish they wouldn't have to be there either. But local law enforcement, and local communities, are the local people aren't protecting it. It is the federal government's job to protect that property. And each individual one of those cases will have to be examined and looked at. So no, if there's somebody being picked up off the street with no probable cause that has nothing to do with that, no, I'm not. I'm not okay with that. I'm just not entirely sure that's the case, and we would have to wait and see how that is going. All right, now go back for our audience and lay out what you just, again, Bill Barr, I, I dealt him the honey badger because he just dropped it where Jim Jordan's asking him a question. He's like, wait a second, you're telling me that there's another investigation into the unmasking of General Flynn? So lay out for our audience what's happening there. In the context, too, Congressman Armstrong, because I know you get a lot of feedback like this, like when is Durham, when is Barr going to finally indict some of these people? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a, I mean, that's one of the things I, that I, I agree with, too. You know, they're doing this the way they're supposed to, which is the antithesis of how the last uh, last investigation went. They're they're keeping their head down. Nothing's leaking to the press. They're moving forward. But guys like me and I, I mean, objectively, objectively, I get a little frustrated. I mean, we know Kevin Kleinsmith altered an email. Uh, the fall guy hasn't even been charged yet. So but anyway, we know the Durham investigation is moving forward. We know how that hopefully how that will turn out. But today, Attorney General 
General Barr said there was a separate investigator from Texas, and I can't remember his name right now, that is actually investigating how many different people in the Obama administration unmasked General Flynn towards the end of that administration. And, and I think that was, I mean, breaking news. I think there's been a lot of breaking news about the Mueller investigation, but we don't cover it anymore. Every couple of days, new declassified information shows us how unbelievably paper thin, and that's the best and most complimentary way I can explain that, that this investigation was when it started. But more importantly, the FBI agents involved in the investigation knew that when they were when they were altering documents and submitting warrant applications. So you said that we know how the Durham investigation is going. I don't. So I asked the question again, when are we going to finally see some indictments? Well, I hope sooner rather than later. And I, I shouldn't say we know how it's going. I mean, remember, these are, I mean, you have lying under oath, disclosing a classified information to the press. There are certain things that you can charge criminally in these cases, but we, at least we know it's moving forward and we, we have a general knowledge of what they're investigating. Today, when Attorney General Barr told us that there's a separate investigation about the people who, the, all the different times that people were unmasking uh, G General Flynn, I think that was new information today that, quite frankly, I didn't know before, and I probably studied this information as much as anybody. And I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's the former UN ambassador um, and she had like 230 unmaskings. You know, former National uh, Security Advisor Susan Rice is probably a little nervous after hearing that. So I don't want to get ahead of my skis. We'll see how that plays out. Now, tomorrow, uh, you also are going to be part of a hearing that's going to question the CEO of Facebook, uh, Amazon, Google, whatnot. Um, are you going to ask them about this cancel culture, this social media bias that's happening? And if so, what are you going to do to stop it? So there's plenty of those questions that are going on. I'm going to, I mean, this is ostensibly an antitrust hearing and those issues are very important. And I think we will cover them as uh, definitely on our side. And I think they're important issues, but I'm more interested in the nature of this anti antitrust hearing about anti-competitive behaviors that they have, because let's recognize, I mean, whether it's through ad buys with Google, piracy on YouTube, um, Amazon pro promoting their own products over their over their users' products. These are serious issues that are going to affect us long after, and they are really truly questions for the antitrust hearing. But I also expect we are going to talk to them about, you know, whether it's uh, Donald Trump Jr. being put in Twitter jail today. I'm really, it's actually unfortunate Twitter's not going to be here. They're probably the worst bad actor. But I think the biggest. <laughs> about that with the censorship that where we do get into the antitrust conversation is if this is a platform and a free form of ideas you get 203 protection but anytime you start editing or uh you know uh fact checking anybody's particular things on these platforms that becomes editorial in nature and then you have to ask yourself whether 203 still applies so i was just you read my mind and i is it two or three or 230 but my, my question to you is what can you guys do to get rid of these 230 protections and if you can lay that out for our audience for people that aren't familiar with the 230 protections like what does that mean for them at home and can you guys get rid of these protections for these social media companies Sure. I mean, but you, you can get rid of them, but you also have to be able to have, I mean, this ends up, if you get rid of 230 protections, then it turns into a lawsuit type of situation. You have to be able to prove not only culpability, but damages. And I think that's where, that's where this gets a lot more but, interesting and a lot more, um, I mean, confusing. It, it, it's a lot harder to deal with that in that way. I mean, if you're going to get rid of it and deal with it that way, I think we won't like the results as much as we think we will. I think the more important way is if you want to go towards it and regulate it to some semblance. And that, again, gets, I mean, as somebody who doesn't that, want to regulate, I don't.
blame these businesses for being big. I blame them for engaging in the anti-competitive behavior they're engaging. But I think that's, you know, we're regulated here, obviously, as a broadcasting station. I think if these people are going to act as publishers, they need to be regulated as such um, and, and do something about it. And I guess with, with that being said, if you look at all the information that's being taken down, the way they're censoring the president of the United States, could you make a case for election meddling with these social platforms? Sure. I mean, you can make those cases. But, Chris, those are really political arguments. Essentially, if you're going to go win in a, without a regulatory framework, I mean, and I think that's what I'm saying. And you have to be careful of how you do that. You know, Europe's tried to do some of those. And I think we're going to see what happens in Europe is it's actually going to stifle competition more than it's going to breed more competition. So we have to look at these things carefully. You can do all of those things. But without a regulatory framework on the back backside, the the victory might not be nearly as substantial as we'd like to think it is. Well, man, some movement at this point is going to be better than nothing when you see the president's son being put in uh, Twitter jail. Last question, sir, that I know a lot of people have in their minds right now. When are we going to get our next Trump bucks? When's this next stimulus check going to hit our accounts? <laughs> you know, if you knew that answer, I, if, if I knew that answer, I probably wouldn't be here. It's going to be pretty interesting right now. I think the next 10, 12 days in Congress are going to be pretty interesting. And, I, and there's real reasons for that, right? There's over a trillion dollars from the last phase that hasn't been adequately deployed across, across, the, across, across the economy yet. We continue to work forward toward these things. And Republicans are really interested in making sure that we have, we have policies in place that allow the economy to open, allow our society to go back to open, and not just extend things like unemployment benefits indefinitely, because those will incentivize not just people, but entire communities not yeah, to go you know, back to work says they do. Congressman, I apologize. One last question that I want you to clear for people, because I, I get so tired of watching the mainstream media and they're talking about the $600 a week as your unemployment benefits are getting slashed and they make it sound like that's not really the case. Unless I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still going to get your unemployment. That was just $600 of the cherry on top, correct? Yeah, it was a $600 federal backfill to whatever your unemployment was. I mean, that's what it was. And it was the only way to deal. You, you have 50 different unemployment laws in 50 different states. So when we we're dealing with the CARES package, by the way, there were senators and uh, Republicans in the Senate and the House that raised this issue, um, that we knew this was going to be a part of this. And we do. We have to protect people who are legitimately unemployed. Yes. But we can't incentivize people who have the opportunity to work and help reopen our economy and our society to sit on their couch. It's not a great place to put them in. It's really not a great place to put a small business owner in. Combine that with liability protection, and it doesn't matter what any governor in any state in the country is ordering. If we don't allow for these things to work forward, we're not going to open our economy up, which is what we really need to do to get back after this. Yeah, I just don't like how the mainstream media is making it sound like, oh, it's going to get slashed to make the Republicans look bad for November. And I don't want to get into that conversation with you, but unless you want to share something, sir. We always do that with the federal government, right? Cuts are really cuts and increases, <laughs> not actual cuts. It's the reason we're $26 trillion in debt. And we're very good at those things in D.C., but we should actually work on policies that keep people safe, keep people protected, but also get back to getting our society back on track. We, we didn't get a touch on the debt. we got to talk about that next time. Congressman Armstrong, thank you so much for coming with us live. We really, really appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's great to have you. All right, Congressman Kelly Armstrong, great job today in the hearing with Bill Barr. Again, tomorrow he'll be in the hearing with uh, the tech CEOs as well, so pay attention to that. All right, stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to get to your points of view. We'd love to hear your thoughts, what you heard there from Dr. Scott Jensen out of Minnesota. And, of course, Congressman Kelly Armstrong, please uh, email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.